to Everyday Finance and Economics with the Siglers, the podcast where we discuss what you need to know about personal finance and economics and give you practical advice on how to get started and be smart with your money. We're your host, Glenn. And Christina. Sigler. So, Christina, what's going on in the economy this week? Uh, to be honest, Dad, where do we begin? Um, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot going on. Uh, with vaccination rates and such and mandates and a lot of things going on. But the biggest economic story this week and for the amount of time it takes for this bill to pass, um, is the infrastructure bill that is currently working its way through the Senate. It's a very, very ambitious one trillion dollar, two thousand seven hundred and two page bill that is looking to essentially give America a facelift as well as lift up everything beneath the surface, which is actually mainly what it's about. Uh, we're talking not only improvements to roads and bridges, but also energy grids, water pipes, railways, broadband, anything that like helps people run things is what we're talking about. Uh, given the age of a lot of our systems, especially the water pipes, there's some that are like still lead and 100 years old, which is very concerning because water is essential. Um, this is needed very badly. And although it's not looking like we're going to get the climate policy that was originally included, but is and is also very badly needed in this particular bill, Senate Democrats are working on a separate bill to supplement this one. It's going to be the largest government project in the public work system since 2009. And our economic term of the week is retirement. Retirement is the withdrawal of from one's position or occupation from one's active working life. A person may also semi-retire by reducing work hours or workload. Many people choose to retire when they're old or incapable of doing their job. All right, Dad, I think it's time we get into this week's topic. What are we talking about today? We are talking about retirement. Right. Retirement and, and retirement, retirement planning. planning. Right. Mm-hmm. So retirement planning... Um, what is that and why should I care about it? Okay, first let's talk about retirement. Right. You mentioned it. It's often a mythical time period where people think that they're everything will be, you know, rosy, they'll have mm-hmm. uh vacation every day yeah. and they won't have a care in the world. Mm-mm. Well, that that's not always true for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um re- retirement is a time when uh as you as you alluded to earlier, uh, people have ceased, ceased their working life either through their own will or oftentimes it's forced upon them, uh, mm-hmm. because of injury, infirmity, mm-hmm. or, you know, because their jobs just left them. Um, right. and so we plan for retirement for after our work life is over when, you know, we're, we're going to use our savings. Mm-hmm. And our investments to fund the last stages of our life, and right. hopefully okay. we've saved enough that that can be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you have a lot of time to to uh, plan for that, a lot of time to work on that, because for for most people, the 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 age that is the time that you have considered for a work life is from the ages of eighteen to sixty seven. Now you take time mm-hmm. out for school if you're going to college or grad school, yeah. Yeah. but that's a forty plus year period, mm-hmm. a, almost fifty year period where people can work, mm-hmm. and some people work beyond sixty seven, and and so 
you have time to save and invest to build a nest egg uh, so that the final years, whenever you decide to not work or not work full time anymore, Mm -hmm. that you can do so comfortably. Why is uh, retirement planning difficult for people? Mm -hmm. It is hard to think and plan that far in advance. It's so hard to think about the future and take it seriously. <laughs> and take it and take it seriously because you always think, I, I I got some time, right? And, I can do this and, later. I can mm-hmm. do this later. And, and yes, you do have more time, but time is one of the things you want to work for you, right? The the earlier you start with retirement planning and actually executing your retirement plan, the better off you will be. Mm-hmm. But people have a hard time thinking about. Um, the things they need to do and putting away that money for, for a goal that's so far off. And a lot of people can't think about what they're trying to do next week, let alone 40, 50 years from now. Right. And also considering the consequences of not doing it right now. Right. Right. It's hard to, it's hard to do that. That is hard for people to think, Mm -hmm. uh, think about. Um, there's, there's a lot of unknowns that's very challenging. Uh, getting ready for retirement requires a consistent approach to say for most people, a consistent approach to savings and investing and avoiding um, costs, you know, all along the way mm-hmm. so that your retirement fund, people call a nest egg, is um, in good shape mm-hmm. when you need it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this seems like a lot. Where should we where should we start? So we're going to focus on three things today mm-hmm. uh, because learning about retirement planning can be a lifelong effort. There are mm-hmm. people that specialize in that. There are uh, tons of books and other materials that talk about, you know, every aspect of it or even just focus on one or two aspects of it because, uh, you know, mastering one or two aspects of it can help people out. But we'll focus mm-hmm. on three things. Mm-hmm. How much you should save, what type of accounts you should have, mm-hmm. and then what type of assets should you have. Okay. So let's start with that first one. How much should you save? So financial professionals suggest that, you know, number one, starting as early as possible, um, you know, if you could start at 21 or start at 18 or start, you know, st- whenever you could start, start. Right. You should consider trying to save at least 15% of your pre-tax income mm. uh, towards retirement to make sure that you're able to live a, a, a comfortable lifestyle. And, and that 15% in many places is, you know, sometimes you'll have to do it by yourself, you know, 15% all by yourself. And that's hard mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. But some companies offer you a match where they say, hey, you put down $50, we'll put down $50. Mm-hmm. And so when you have situations like that, where they'll match a certain amount of the money you put away, that makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but even if you can't make 15%, put what you can yeah. Start with two, start with, you know, start with three. And then every time you get a raise, take a little bit of that raise and put it in with your retirement. Um, or like funding. a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's essentially like free money. 
if you well, choose to the, use the if the, they have the match thing. the match the match mm-hmm. is is what I consider you know instant return on your investment right like I a put home. down a hundred they give mm-hmm. me a hundred whoop I doubled my money right away but if if you don't put anything down you can't mm-hmm. get the match right 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 the longer you wait to start saving mm-hmm. when you finally do start saving you may have to contribute more than fifteen percent. Yeah, in order to get yeah. to a comfortable, in, in order That's to get that to compound a interest, right. yeah, right. So time is on your side. Um, you've got, you know, if you're in your twenties, you got a forty year horizon. Mm-hmm. But the difference between a forty year horizon and a thirty year horizon can be significant. It's major, if, yeah. yeah. And There's no time you know, like the present. But a lot of people wait until they're in their forties or fifties, mm-hmm. and that's when you've got to, you know, be actually a lot more aggressive. Right. Okay. So what type of retirement accounts should I have and how much can I contribute to those? Okay. And there's several types of retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh and in this year, yep. Uh there uh you can re- uh contribute up to 19,500 pre-tax in a 401k. Mhm. If you're under 50 if you're over 50, you can add another 6,500. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So that's one type of account. If your, if your job doesn't offer a 401k, um, you can, uh, start an IRA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there are, um, uh, Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs, but the limit for that is $6,000. Wait, really? Yeah. I didn't. Yep. Because you know, I tried to start a Roth IRA, Dad. Um, and we talked about this. <laughs> we talked about that. I was very upset. <laughs> okay. I can't contribute anything to it because I do not have an employer. But you can still. Invest. I should still be able to. I still, yes, but I wanted invest. it to be. It's fine, but only six thousand. I was gonna put okay, right anyway. Right, anyway. but that, you know, look, that again, that's tax advantage money you know right. the, the 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 benefits of 401k's and IRAs mm-hmm. uh the pre-tax ones is, are that you don't pay any money putting penny tax on the money that you put in and then but the Roth IRAs the you Roth get taxed I, on the way in the, the, yeah the Roth IRAs and the Roth mm-hmm. 401k's yeah you pay the taxes on the money going in and then they grow tax free Mm-hmm. You know, after that, and so, yeah, so you know, for, for for most for most people starting out, mm-hmm. it's actually better to do the Roth versions of four hundred one k's and mm-hmm. IRAs because your tax burden is lower than it than it, we think it will be later on when you're making lots more money. Right. So it's better mm-hmm. to pay a tax rate of fifteen percent mm-hmm. than. You know, later on, um, pay a tax rate of 35, 35, 37.9 or 39.6%. Right. But even if you do stay in the same tax bracket, 15% of 100 is less than 15% of 100,000. Well, it, 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 the percent right? you know, on, mm-hmm. on, a, on a tax rate basis. So, you know, mm-hmm. when you take out money, yeah. so when you take it out, if you take out 100,000, your your tax burden won't be fifteen percent. It'll be if you take out a hundred thousand dollars in a year, 
I was just saying for the I understand, but I was saying for the example, well, I feel like it's better to be taxed on less money than well, more money. But uh, we, is that not true? That is not that is not oh. true because we look at oh. the take. So if I'm paying fifteen percent on a uh, hundred dollars, mm-hmm. if I take out the hundred dollars today, next week I take out hundred dollars, I'm still paying fifteen percent. So it doesn't matter when I take it out. I'm always paying 15 cents on a dollar. That's oh, my Oh, because that's how percents work. That's I forgot the, that's, how percents work. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's your cost. Yeah. Now, so learn from me. Yeah. <laughs> percents work the same. Yes. Yes, they <laughs> no still work how much the same. It's just Matt, your percentage Matt, changes. still works. I, yeah. It's time for me to go back to school. <laughs> it's time for me to go back to school. You know, the, the, bigger, the bigger thing for folks... Um, you know, is that when you take it out, you'll probably have a lot more money and you'll need to take out a lot more money. So, you you know, if you're if you've got a traditional IRA or, or, mm-hmm. or 401k, mm-hmm. you're going to pay the higher rate of tax on the money that you take out because you got it instead of putting in, you know, you know, paying tax on fifty thousand dollars, which is your earnings. Mm-hmm. When you put the money in, you're mm-hmm. now taking out. What we hope is several hundred thousand dollars, right? And paying taxes and paying tax on that. So you rather pay the percentage. little tax mm-hmm. on the front end than the mm-hmm. big tax on the back end, right? Okay. okay. So uh, we talked about four hundred one ks and IRAs. There's also solo four hundred one ks, and but those are more for specialty. But for most people, specialty uh, situations. But um, for most people, the IRA, the 401k are, are going to be the, the vehicles that you look at the most. And, mm-hmm. and, and you're going to have to make a choice between the uh, Roth and the traditional version of each one of those. Another tax saving vehicle is a health savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another type of tax, uh, uh, tax advantage account. Um, and, and in order to open one of those types of account, you need to be an HSA eligible high deductible health plan. Mm-hmm. And so this is a way to put away money for your health care costs. And you can use the money now or you can use the money in the future. Mm-hmm. And okay. so if, you know, people use that to pay for their future health care costs, but again, the money is not taxed. And so, you know, look, when you retire, guess what? You're going to still have to go to the doctor. So this mm, is still a good way to save, and possibly so, more than you needed to before, right? Because mm-hmm. there, you know, there's no expiration date on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the limits for con- uh, contributing to health savings accounts uh, for this year for individuals thirty six hundred for a family it's seventy two hundred. And if does it matter oh, how big the family is? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So if you got a family of like five or six, it's still seventy two hundred. Yeah. Oh. They may have to rethink that one. I didn't say the tax code was perfect now. Right, yeah. <laughs> Just didn't, U.S. government, didn't say if you're listening. The tax code is perfect, and, and, and you know, there are certain points where it's uh, the jumps in uh, benefits and or exposure mm-hmm. um, aren't optimal. But right. that's, okay. that's why people go to tax planners and you read up on this stuff. So that you know, you know, you know, with with the changes in your life, how to plan for those things. Mm-hmm. What's going to work for you? Right mm-hmm. now, again, uh, you know, as you get older, 
there is additional money that you can uh, put in for your health savings account. There's like, like there's a catch up for raw for 401ks and IRAs. There's a catch up for HSAs as well. There's an additional thousand dollars that you can put Mm -hmm. in if you're over 55. So what types of assets should I hold in my investments? So that's becoming an increasingly more um, interesting question. Right, tra- especially because investments have become more diverse. Right. Traditional uh, retirement accounts are, you know, are stock and bond heavy. Mm. Uh, bonds pay, paid a significant amount more, more de- uh, than they do now. Right. Um, and so, you know, investment advisors would say, hey, pick a good mix of uh, stocks or stock mutual funds from for most people and bond or bond mutual funds. But but now the the field's a little bit different. And so yeah. you've got just a wider range of investment options um that include alternative investments. Um uh-huh. but you you know again my instruction on that is or guidance on that is know what you're investing in. Yeah, you know, you know, know, know the risk and and return of um, whatever. If you decide that you want to go put, have Bitcoin and an ETF in your uh, in your retirement portfolio, and that could be lucrative. <laughs> yeah, it could be lucrative, but it could also be risky. Make sure right. you understand what what you're doing. Exactly. Um, okay. Um, but you know, again, for for everybody, diversification is a great tool for investment. Um, to, to diversify away some of the risks that you have and participate in the longer term trends of growth in the markets that you're participating in. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, equities and, and debt markets. Um, so again, what's the right mix? If you're really young, you can take a little more risk. Mm-hmm. And so you got um, more time to make you that more time to make it up. You, you'll get higher, you should get higher returns. And mm-hmm. so, you know, people that are in their twenties and thirties can have, uh, portfolios that are 80%, 90%. Yeah, I know some people that are 100% equities, mm-hmm. um, or other risky or assets, um, in their portfolios. And as you, um, as you age, and get other responsibilities, you want to lessen that risk. And so then you will bring in some other things that don't have the volatility. Um, mm-hmm. And that that's traditionally where bonds come in, but yeah, uh, bonds or non-equity assets that just don't move as, as much, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the, the vagaries of whichever market that they have. And, and so that's where you try to gradually taper away some of your, uh, your, equity exposure or volatility exposure. But I'm going to say this, because people are are living longer, even people that are entering retirement should still have, you know, a, some significant portion of their of their portfolio in some sort of uh, higher growth, higher potential asset like equities, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because, you know, people, you know, uh, unlike the 60s, where the average life expectancy was like 65, 66, 67. Well, now the average life expectancy for some people are 80 and 90. And mm-hmm. so if you retire at 60, 65 or 67, 
you could live another 20, 30 years. Right. And right. so you, you need that growth from equities to help you uh, keep your portfolio going that long. Mm-hmm. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. And be sure to join us next time when we continue our topic on retirement planning. Yes. And if you have any questions for us, you can email us at EFESpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at EFES Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, everybody.